Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're live. Yeah, and we are live right here on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Host Joe Gaither, Chris Krogman, and Lucas Berry, and it's shoot. We got a, we got a ton of bear stuff to talk about tonight, and I know the three of us have had a hell of a day. So if you've had a hell of a day while you're listening to us, just kick your kick your shoes off, pour yourself a tall glass, and let's talk some Chicago Bears. We are the Believe in Monsters podcast. You can find us on the Twitter machine at Monsters Lounge. Follow my friend Chris Krogman at ShyBears1985. Follow Lucas Berry at LBerry underscore 40. And myself, I am at Joe Gaither6. We are a part of the Lounge Room Network, brought to you by One Call Technology. So we're about to have a lot of fun, man. We just had uh, one week of Bears football already. So we're going to get into some preseason action, what we saw over the weekend. Uh, we had our first round of cuts today uh, as we record on a Tuesday. It's Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, uh, you're listening on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But we were recording on a Tuesday. Uh, we had some cuts today. Uh, interesting news out of, uh, from one of our biggest and best players, the uh, Keem Hicks. We wonder what's going on with him. So we're going to touch into a bunch of it right here on the Believe in Monsters podcast. But first, Chris Krogman, how are we doing today, sir? Joseph, I am tired as hell. But it's been a day, uh, as you said, and I am excited to talk to you fine gentlemen today because nothing brings a smile to my face more than talking bears football with my boys joe and luke and discussing a little preseason action some awesome play from jfqb1 and uh of course we'll get to the rest of the guys on the gridiron luke how you doing my buddy i'm doing all right that that intro from joe is impressive it was almost like he just like smoked crack there for a second. He was on like, he was on like speed double time. It was like I, I pressed fast forward on him and he just went through that intro like it was one and a half speed. He's yeah, so speed. he's so ready now. He doesn't even need a like a script or any kind of notes. He's just like believe in monsters podcast. Cyberus nineteen eighty five. Luke Barry, here we fucking go. <laughs> Bear down, uh, baby. It, it's pretty much how it goes, but uh. I mean, I think we can all agree we all had a rough day, so uh, it's good to reunite with you guys here and uh, just talk some Bears football, like Chris said. Um, big things. I mean, that preseason game was uh, it was fun. I mean, Justin Fields, obviously the star of the show, but you know some other things happened in that game that we'll talk about. Um, yeah, just. Overall, first impressions of that, what did you guys think? I mean, first thing that hit me was that that first team offense stunk. I mean, what do you guys have to say about that? They look they look putrid. Not good. Uh, was it like five snaps or some shit? A three and out and a turnover or whatever it was. I, I can't even remember now. Um, but, yeah, current QB1, red rifle, Red rocket, red whatever. Uh, red pop it, it looks so good. Red beard. Yeah, the first. I'm, I'm with you, Chris. The first team offense was quite disappointing, and it made me wonder, like, oh my gosh, is it going to be better? <laughs> is Justin Fields that much better? And uh, it took a minute for Fields to get going, but 
I mean, yes, playing with the twos, going against the twos, you know, initial takeaways, I thought, uh, okay, my initial takeaway, I'm, I'm, I'm looking back at my notes here. My initial takeaway was the defense, in my impression, did not impress me. Uh, got a little got a little fortunate with the end zone in, interception uh, when we're talking about the ones with, against uh, Tua. But Tua and the Dolphins moved the football pretty well, uh, I thought. And, and on third down, I thought that they, they, they uh, had the advantage most of the third downs. And uh, that's going to be a key for the Bears' defense of, is getting off the field on third down. And I felt like they didn't really do it that well on Saturday. And maybe uh, I mean, that's an area they're going to have to keep, uh, pick up. Pick up. Joe, now to your point, though, this is this is something that we saw a few years ago with Fangio that drove people nuts. Was mm-hmm. his, this thought? It's this style of defense where it's like bend but don't break. Like the Bears with under Vic, they did the same thing. They let so many teams march right down their throat and get in the red zone, and then it was like when they got in the red zone, them dudes just buckled down, and you were either getting a turnover or they were just getting three points, and that was it. And I mean. Obviously, you know, people hated that shit. I mean, you saw it in the Eagles game when they beat us. You know, Nick Foles went down the field, long methodical drive, stuck it in, stuck it in the end zone for whatever. What did they score that game? 13 points. I mean, this is – that is that style of defense. I mean, it is – it's dominant, but it does give – there are some holes in it where teams are able to advance the ball. They're just not able to score many touchdowns, and that is a big takeaway. Um, I mean – Chris, what do, what do you think about that? Am I on the right path there? Like that is kind of what we saw under Vic or am I completely off base with that? No, hundred percent. I think, um, you know, that, that off ball kind of, you know, shell cover four. Um, if you're not getting turnovers, you know, in midfield, which that 2018 defense did produce a ton of turnovers. And hopefully we'll see that with this, you know, decide defense and this young secondary who has a lot of promise has Eddie Jackson kind of back to being that center fielder, hopefully. Uh, But you're right, Lucas, it does kind of allow people to move the ball down the field and where it really hurts a team is if your offense can't keep the defense off the field if you can't sustain drives on offense your defense is constantly on the field and if you're gonna allow kind of that you know bend but don't break look for turnovers take advantage of what they you know can can give you or try to disguise coverages and and mix them mix some pressure in there try to get some sacks and some uh force fumbles that way then it's going to be a hard long game if you're if your offense isn't doing their part and keeping you off the field so this defense works if it's kind of a team effort and if you're getting those turnovers but other than that yeah it's a it's a bend but don't break kind of defense and i want to kick this back to joe so one of the things on that drive where they the bears got that interception i mean uh, there was one player in particular who was very impressive, and that was Alec Ogletree. I mean, the Bears brought this guy into camp. He did not, I think he had six interceptions in the first two or three days of camp. Um, all this dude does is pick off Bears QBs, apparently. Um, I was at the game when, when Chase Daniel threw a pick six on the first play in New York, and that was absolutely terrible. But uh, regardless, I mean, this guy was all over the place. He had a huge sack, um, and really this is – in my opinion, you know, we, we spoke a few weeks ago about our worries with Danny Trevathan. I mean, 
If you can get Alec Ogletree on the field in passing situations, if you get a sack on second down and it's third and long, you're, you're taking Trevathan out and you're putting Ogletree in the game. I mean, he's going to play meaningful snaps to the Bears this year, if I had to guess. Um, that That is someone who impressed me. And, Joe, I just want you to touch on that a little bit. And also that defensive line. I mean, that that unit is, is deep, in my opinion. That D-line, they have a lot of guys. I mean, we saw Tonga show up there. Um, which was great to see in the preseason game. That that D line unit is deep. Joe, take take it off. Well, it was great to see. You know, after Tua completed the long pass uh, to Gasicki to get him down to the goal line, the, the Bears were boom three plays. You ain't getting a yard uh, and, and, and shut them out. And Tonga was a big part of that. Alec Ogletree was a big part of that. You touched on Ogletree and and shoot, if he becomes a player on this defense, what a find for Ryan Pace. You know, to to not really have to pay you know, any team to trade for him or this, that, and the other, and, and to not really pay, be paying him that much, but just really crucial to, to have somebody uh, that you can think is a, is a viable option uh, on the inside with the middle linebacker. Especially Did you hear why he's here? Did you well, hear yeah, why he's, he's on the Robert Bears? Quinn. He's buddy yeah, with Robert were... Quinn, and Robert <laughs> Quinn was like, uh, oh, no, he's here because uh, he came to watch Robert Quinn's wife in the Olympics uh, and basically – Sister or wife? One of those two, right? Sister. Oh, my sister. Fault. Uh, no, no, but still, yeah, he was in Hallis Hall, and they, they, basically the Bears were like, come try out, and the rest well, of the his, history. So. His agent called him, and he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm hanging out in Chicago. He's like, don't go anywhere. They want to sign you. It's <laughs> like, all right, uh, sure, sounds like a winner. Uh, but going back to Danny T, you know, he's been dealing with some soreness, um, knee soreness and missed some practices. But to have a guy like Alec Ogletree, a veteran who's been in the league, maybe he's not the biggest stud anymore, you know, former first round pick, but he he's better than Iwe Beniwe and uh, Josh Woods, I'll tell you that much. So to have an inside linebacking core of Roquan and Danny and Alec Ogletree and Christian Jones makes me feel much more secure than what we had last year. Absolutely. And Joe, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I mean, that D-line, they, they look great in that game. They look they look very good up front to me. And like I said, a really deep group with uh, some young talent to depth there. I mean, this is just, this is Ryan Pace's like goldmine. This is where he makes his money, uh, you know, bringing in these D-lines. Wondering who the heck Michael Blackson was. And he, he was one of the guys getting some pressure. Angelo Blackson, yep. Angelo Blackson, I'm sorry. Um, the, that's the comedian, isn't it? Uh, Michael Blackson. <laughs> Every time. We did that last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but, but he, he got some nice pressure. He got some nice run penetration. I really was impressed uh, with, the, with, with the way that they were able to mostly stop the run in that first you know first quarter or so. Uh, it's, after you get past the ones going out, it's kind of like you're looking for guys and who's going to pop. I, I'm less interested in how uh, the team as a whole plays and kind of more individually based. But I thought in the, in, in the early going, uh, when, when, you know, the, the relative starters were out there, I thought they, they defended the run very well. Yeah, I mean, was there anything else you guys that stood out on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, those two were the main things to me. Um, I honestly – I got to be honest, I didn't study the cornerbacks too, too hard there. I mean, Chris, do you have anything to add about the secondary and how they did? Or um, I, so, it's, We were missing a few people, too. Like, Eddie Jackson didn't play. Like, there's a few guys held out of this game as well. 
Yeah, I actually, unfortunately, wasn't able to catch the game. I've, I'm trying to, you know, catch a replay or get it recorded on NFL Network, but uh, it's so hard to find, dude. <laughs> get that done yet? Uh, so I was traveling back from Mesquite, Nevada, on Saturday and and missed, you know, the entire game. So that's unfortunate. But I, you know, I've read a lot of good things. Uh, secondary, from what I understand, looked pretty solid. I mean, they looked okay from from all accounts, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of young guys uh, starting with Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley. And uh, I guess uh, Xavier Crawford showed up pretty well, uh, which he played both inside and outside. Uh, so that's, that's a definite plus uh, when you're trying to make a roster and you can, you can play both areas and you have older guys like true font who were consistently banged up and, you know, honestly, Jalen Johnson, who I think it was um, Gibson, uh, who had said he thinks Jalen Johnson is going to be a top five cornerback in this league within the next few years, which is exciting. But on the flip side of that, he also has his his shoulder, you know, that could pop up at any time. So having a deep secondary uh, with this style of defense is going to be excellent for the bears going forward. So hearing all those guys, you know, playing pretty well, I mean, it's first game and uh, that's, that's solid. I'm, I'm happy to hear that the defense played good enough. I got one more take about Luke, if you don't mind. I, I wrote this in my notes and I was just looking back through it. Poor finishing, in my opinion, F finishing of the plays, uh, uh, not always uh, and, and not consistently, but but from time to time, you know, uh, poor tackling. It, what was it on the Gasicki 50-yard on the 50-yard uh, reception? I felt like he could have been tackled a couple times with Briar to uh, him being brought down. I just think, you know, and maybe it's just where they are in camp, where they are in fall camp, and just kind of, you know, where we are uh, in the stage of the season. I just thought the finishing uh, and the aggressiveness at the end of the plays wasn't quite there at a consistent level. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just, that's all it is, is just where we are in the season and, and that they don't get that much opportunity to really smash in practice. You know, they do the thud practices and where they kind of just hit and bounce off or whatever. And maybe they just forgot they weren't practicing anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for that first preseason game, it's tough, you, you know, back, you know, even a few years ago, you know, you were able to wear full pads as many days as you wanted in camp and you could hit as much as you wanted. now there's regulations on that stuff. You only have so many padded days in the whole nine yards and, uh, coaches are doing whatever they can to maximize their players' health. So a lot of times in practice, you're not tackling anything besides a dummy, you know, uh, just a big red-weighted block, basically, <laughs> that moves back and forth like a bobblehead. Um, so when you get in the live action, you know, finishing plays is something that, you, you know, you kind of get accustomed to when you're in midseason form. So something to keep our eye on, but something I wouldn't be overly worried about, um, moving forward and uh i think the i think all of us can agree we're not worried about the defensive side of the ball i think we all think the defense is going to be pretty freaking good this year i think they're probably going to be a top 12 defense at least um i, I all eyes are on the offense i mean looking at the two quarterbacks i would say once justin fields came in the game he was the best player on the field um i mean I think it was a, an electric debut, honestly. Soldier Field, 60,000 people were there. I mean, that's crazy for a preseason game. 
I know, Chris, you said you didn't get to watch it, but I'm sure you saw some of the highlights. And I know Joe was tuned in, locked in. Joe, were you wearing the Fields jersey? Were you wearing it? I didn't want to soil it right off the start in case he uh, – Save it for uh, game one, baby. Exactly. We got to save it for when he, get, when he gets into the real game. Uh, Justin, I mean – the first two drives, I thought, oh, I'm not quite, you know, it wasn't what I really wanted to see. Uh, but that third drive, uh, the, the third drive right before halftime, you know, 40, 50 seconds left. And the man worked us right down the field. And, uh, yes, it was a long field goal, but 53 yards. But still, you get points out of halftime with short time, uh, operating the offense at an efficient level, uh, moving the football in a situational place, I was impressed with that. And then to come out in the second half, lead the the, the next drive uh, in the third quarter, you know, going for it on fourth and one. He had that scramble and that ended up with 15, 20 yards. That was brilliant. Uh, it's fun fact on that scramble. Uh, he was the third fastest player uh, in NFL preseason week one on that on that one little scramble. So uh, that's pretty impressive. I, I just I, I think the guy. Uh, he's got it. I'm ready to see him with with with, uh, with some starting receivers, some receivers who are you know are not about to get cut, uh, and, and, and see what he can do this coming up week against uh, Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, well, on that. So also on that scramble, I think they said uh, in the past few seasons he was he had the 11th fastest run time from a quarterback, and a lot of them are duplicates of Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Then there was also one of Daniel bad. Jones. The Daniel Jones was in there, Dak Prescott. Um, but you have to remember, Fields was only running 20 yards or so. That Daniel Jones run, he ran like 90 yards. So he had a long time to get to top speed. So the fact that Fields did that in 20 yards is very impressive in his first game. That's not why we're here, though, to talk about that one play. I mean, it was impressive. But um, just the mobility factor. I mean, the offensive line did not look good. They were – those tackles are getting their asses beat a few times. And, you know, Fields did, he – when he said the game was slow, well, first of all, screw screw the national media for just taking that little snippet of that freaking quote and just saying. I mean, he played oh, like was he was slow. slow. No. no. Okay. He played like he was he slow. Was he was in control. That, bro, he was saying that the Bears' defense is so good in practice that when he gets out there and plays Miami Dolphins, the game is slow. He was giving credit to his own fucking team, not whatever the media wants you to think. So, Shannon Sharp. Fuck off, dudes. Just stop with that bullshit. Freaking true. Yeah, but Steve, Stephen A. Smith actually had the exact same take. You know, he was basically saying the same thing like, my defense is the shit. I play against it every day. Uh, the game was slower for me against the second and third string Dolphins, yes, but they also had first string cornerbacks and safeties in there at times against Fields. They did. So it wasn't 100% a first or second and third string defense like everybody and their mother wants to tell you but uh to joe's point justin fields looked like the calmest person i've Calm. ever seen in the pocket he Very. just looked at what he was doing felt the pressure moved about when he needed to and damn that boy can scoot he is so so fast when he got around the edge for the touchdown it, it was it was just effortless like he hit a effortless. gear that we've never seen in Chicago and probably out of, you know, outside of Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, he's going to be the fastest quarterback in the league and he might be just as fast as those two. So that's exciting. But to top it all off, uh, you had just some absolutely 
dime balls, you know, the balls to Chris Adams, uh, the ball to uh, recently cut uh, uh, Justin, Justin Hardy, Hardy. <laughs> uh, throwing across his body, running to his right, throwing back across his body, which is ill-advised in the NFL. But Fields put it exactly where you, he needed to put it. He put it low. There was four defenders around Hardy at the time, and he threaded the needle and, and just made an excellent throw. And then, of course, you know, you – you add that mobility factor along with, you know, some other tweaks and you get an, an excellent play action call that left Jesse James, the wide more wide open that I've seen in a, in a long wide time leaps. and wide fields leaps, nailed the throw. And even Nagy said the hardest part of that whole play was, uh, you know, James just coming down with the ball after it hung up in the air for a couple seconds and just kind of waiting for it and just, you know, using those big soft hands and catching it. And that is so, seemingly Fields' real, favorite target. Real quick, yeah, I just want to shed some light on that. So that is actually – that's an Ohio State staple. So it's good to see Nagy bringing that element to the NFL. I mean, that Y-Leak is a – they use that a lot at Ohio State. So seeing the offense resemble what he ran in college is huge for his development and how fast he'll be out there. I just wanted to add that little nugget in there. But when you're talking about his scrambling, Chris, and you talked about his touchdown, the most impressive part of that to me was the pocket presence. Like, he felt the pressure coming from his blind side, and he casually spun out of it. Like we said, he was calm all game. Like, he knew that was coming. It was like he had eyes in the back of his head. He didn't directly see it. He was looking at his read in the corner of the end zone who was covered, and he felt that pressure, and he kind of just spun out of it. But all that kind of stuff adds up. I mean – I watched Trey Lance's debut too, and he had some great throws, but he got sacked four and five times. And a lot of times he got in the pocket and he felt pressure and he got happy feet and he didn't know what to do. He didn't keep his eyes downfield. He didn't try and run. He kind of just took the pressure. And I don't know, as a rookie QB to me, that is such a big factor. And you saw him manipulating the defense with his eyes. I, I think he threw that one ball to Justin Hardy when he was rolling out and he kind of looked at him and directed traffic. It might have been Adams, actually. And uh, yeah, he basically brought the corner to him because he, he, he was yep. threatening the edge and he kind of made the corner make a decision. And, um, and he just as, dumped it as, off. In football terms, we like to say the corner made him right. So no matter what he did, the corner is in the wrong and Fields was going to make the right decision. And it's just stuff you don't see. Like, I don't like to beat the dead horse of Mitch Trubisky, but these are plays you did not see Mitch make. Like, just absolutely not. Just heady plays by the QB. Now he'd have overthrown that, uh, that wide open Chris Adams, or he'd have thrown it at his feet or whatever. I mean, Mitch could, Mitch well, could the roll out. Yeah, he, 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 he would have messed up that too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I don't know, but, but yes, it's, it's just, it all is like, I don't know. And like we said, he got off to a rough start, but it, it like, I don't know. It was certain times with Mitch, you would just see if he got off to a bad start, you did not feel like he was going to turn it around. Like, such a such a confidence he needs confidence to play qb whereas fields you know fields could probably you know fields could go out there and screw up multiple times and then go out there the next drive and and you know score immediately that's just the type of dude he is i mean we right away what did he do he fumbled fumbled and recovered his own fumble and then he threw a ball off his back foot that should have been picked off and then after that he started turning it up so just i don't know fantastic signs for me i mean is this a QB competition now, guys? What are we thinking? After today's practice, I uh, I think it swung back to uh, 
Andy Dalton. But Saturday is going to be the biggest, or whenever the the Bills game is, going to be Saturday. the biggest test. If he doesn't, if Dalton doesn't get, he's supposed to get more reps. I mean, in general, more snaps for the whole first team. Uh, but if he looks like he looked, you know, at the beginning of this game, it's not going to matter how good he looks in practice. Then, then we're having Mitch talk again. Oh, we had some really good practices. Was it Mark Tressman that said that? Oh, we practiced really well this week. Well, buddy, it doesn't really matter how well you practice. I mean, yeah, practice matters. But if you can't execute in the game, the practice isn't going to really help you. So we're going to have to see if this stuff starts translating these practices start translating for dalton and if they don't we better see some jfqb1 uh in the in the first string offense lighten it up where where's your level chris with uh and where's your level with if dalton like granted it was six snaps it was two series or maybe maybe it was three series uh but if dalton plays the way he plays uh on saturday uh the way he played last saturday like, where's your level? Like, we're not, we're not creeping into Mike Glennon territory, are we? Where he becomes completely useless. He's not. Because Glennon was not, useless. Glennon was supposed no. to be that guy See, that, that. I I think, I think Dalton is just a better player than Mike Glennon. Period. I I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone in Chicago really convinced themselves Mike Glennon was the answer. Like when we well, signed no. him. No, it was it was more of a meme than anything. Like I remember this one meme of uh, it was Mike Lennon and his arm was on his head and his his like long ass neck was his arm and he was throwing it like a baseball. Oh my god, it was so funny. Um, but it was just like it was like a joke. Like I, but he was completely guys... confident <laughs> when he was here. And he so was. Did you say little... confident or competent? incompetent oh because oh, he was confident you remember how much he came out and he was like this is my year this is this my, is my year yeah. and i'm i am mike freaking glennon i'm six foot eight and my oh, neck wow, is man. seven feet tall as well <laughs> no nah. so the the big difference for me is you know reporters were saying that mitch was easily the best qb in camp that year uh, over Mr. Michael Glennon. And the fact that that dude still has a job blows my mind. But is he anyway, in the NFL still? He is in the NFL. I can't remember where. I want to say well, You keep going. I'll look it up. All right. So if if Mitch Trubisky is your best camp option, you know, the year that you signed Glennon to that oh stupid contract, then, uh, you know that's that's a big problem and yeah mitch looked pretty damn good his rookie debut in preseason and you know he had some flashes and people kind of saw why he you know he was talked a lot about being a good pick no matter you know where you looked he was at least one of the top three qbs in that draft i don't care if he went second or if he went 15th uh mitch was 10 times better than Mike Lennon and that is saying a whole hell of a lot so I don't think that Andy Dalton is anywhere near a a Mike Lennon incompetence plus you're talking about a 10-year vet that has won lots of times in the regular season and should have won a playoff game he should have won a playoff game when you know Vontez Burfecht and and Pac-Man Jones were the knuckleheads of the Cincinnati defense AJ McCarron started that game and not, no, not, not uh, Andy Dalton. I just had to say that for my Alabama ness. AJ McCarron got screwed over. Was he on the damn team? Was Andy Dalton on the team? Yeah, he was. He was. Okay, then. Mike Glennon is good. currently on the New York Giants, by the way. Gross. Okay. 
So he will probably start over Daniel. I fumble a lot Jones and <laughs> they'll be even more upset. Fumbleia. Fumbleuski. Yeah, Luke, I mean what other uh what other excitement did you see from, you know, the guys on offense not named Justin Fields? Um you know, we we didn't see a Rob or, or Mooney much, uh, if at all, or Komet. Uh, so, you know, of the guys we saw, and we'll talk about cuts here in a little while. Uh, obviously, Justin Hardy made some plays. Uh, Adams made some plays. But uh, were you impressed by anybody else? Are we are we talking about a surprise player at all? Or, um, you know, I think Jesper Horstead had a nice play. If I if I read correctly, I can't recall, but I mean Jesse James is easily making this freaking roster. I mean that guy's a that guy's a tank. So he's he's a tight end three in my opinion right now. What did you see, Luke? Yeah, I mean Jesse James. You know, obviously he had that wide throwback, and you know he has a good rapport with Justin Fields. Um, I mean nothing really on the receiving end. Honestly, I was a little bit surprised. I didn't really know who this Adams guy was as much. I. You know, in camp, you're hearing more about John Bay Johnson and uh, Chris Lacey or whatever his name is. Um, so a little bit surprised to see Rodney Adams out there as much as he was. But I guess that is kind of the Bears de facto, uh, you know, I guess second or third team wide receiver one or whatever, wherever he is on the depth chart. Um, I mean, even, you know, a few guys drop some balls that are right in their, right in their hands. Um Honestly, if I had to pick one guy that really impressed me, and I can't say I'm shocked, it was Khalil Herbert. I mean, he looked like he's going to give some juice to this run game. I mean, he he looks good, man. He looks as advertised as you saw in college. I mean, he had – at one point, I feel like he was averaging like nine yards a carry. Like, I don't know what his final stat line was, but it was pretty good. He looked – he just looked good. I think it was 6.3 or 6.7. I think he has six for 38, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring up the statue right now. Artavius Pierce bust out one long run, but it was in the fourth quarter, so it was probably against guys that are bagging groceries in a couple weeks. So no big deal there. But, yeah, all the reports I read were Khalil Herbert looked fantastic. He, uh, I good. think – I think there was, uh, you know, some some rumors out there, some feelings out there that he could press for RB two at some point during the year. That's what we said, bro. That's what we said earlier. I don't know if you were on the show at this point, but I know Joe and I talked about it when we went over the draft. I said Herbert might take over Damian Williams' role by the end of the season. Oh yeah, for sure, Damian Williams' role. But I mean, if he's taking RB two, then he's taking a good a good amount of snaps from Tariq Cohen. But I think we talked about, you know, Cohen moving out to the slot as well. So, you know, that's not really, that's not really a, a, a big surprise, right? I mean, Cohen's probably going to work out of the slot. He's going to be more gadgety. He's not, hopefully not going to be running between the tackles and doing them goal line runs again. But I, I, I really like Khalil Herbert. I think he did one of the meet the rookies uh, when the bears did that before the season started. And he had a, a lot of, a lot of cool story behind him. So I, I want to see that guy succeed. Uh, he's going to be the kicker turner pretty much from day one. And uh, I, I really, I really like his game. And it sounds like he was really awesome on Saturday. We didn't really see him returning, uh, returning kicks uh, on Saturday. Did he, did we? No, it was uh, John V. Johnson. And then they had several guys uh, punt returning and, Luke, I know we're not quite to the special teams yet, but I got some nasty notes for special teams. 
Yeah, I heard it wasn't good, and you were the man who watched the most of this game. I like I said, I just caught the highlights. So, Joseph, take us away, man. What are what are your nasty notes? I mean, oh, I would say outside. Shit. On, you know what the number one job on, on offense <laughs> to return the damn ball. Uh, the number one job is to catch the bleeping ball. Catch the ball first. Uh, I believe we had two muff punts on Saturday. And, you know, I have never been a Chris Tabor fan. Now, Luke can uh, attest to that for the last several no. years. Uh, Chris Tabor, you know, I don't know what you have over Matt Nagy, and I don't know what you might have over other people, but your special teams are ass. Your co- your kick coverage is ass. Your punt coverage <laughs> is absolute ass. And if you can't get a, a returner who can catch the fucking ball first, like I don't know what you're doing here. We, we had the first, you know, your first year was the that Auburn kicker, that Auburn kicker's year. And then we had that whole year where it was all about you finding a new kicker, and you found us a new kicker. You, you know what's funny about that? We have two good kickers now because this Brian Johnson dude is actually a really good kicker too. So he's not <laughs> the kicker, but he man, can't I, do anything. I didn't hate Pinheiro, man. I mean, I watched that dude bang a 48-yarder in Denver oh, or whatever yeah, to win the game, and that was, hey, he was hurt. A lot. So Eddie Pinata, baby, get off my Carlos. Mind. Carlos Santos was fantastic <laughs> last year. So, you know, you go with the hot leg. Eddie Eddie Pinata wasn't it, but he's up there with uh, with old boy. Uh, oh, what's what's the dude's name from? They used to be the Bears uh, GM. Chris Ballard. Uh, Chris Bra- Ballard brought uh, brought Eddie Eddie Pinata or Dinero. Pinero De Niro up there. So uh, he's battling that out for the uh, Colts kicker. He ain't going to win it. But either way, I liked Eddie last year. So don't, don't, don't hate. But I, but the special teams coach has literally nothing to do yeah. with whether they make or miss. Nah, he's from the Browns, man. Chris Tabor's Bears, trash. I mean, nothing to do with make or miss. Everything to do with the schemes, the coverage lanes, who we're putting out there to return kicks. Like yeah, that's that guy all sucks. The, I hate and, Tabor. He's awful. He's, Faber and Fury both, man. Both and of he's them always been – now, I like Fury for, diff, you know, different reasons. But but Tabor, like, <laughs> our, our, our kick coverage lanes are terrible. No discipline at all. And, like I – I, I think I know why you like Fury, dude. Because he's furious? I, I think I know Fury. why. Because he's an ant. Never mind. I think you buy crack from him. <laughs> <laughs> Both dude, that guy, that Joe guy. and Mike are fired up. Yeah, dude, that guy is nuts. Dude, does he look like he's on the most amount of deca ball that you've ever seen? I mean, that dude is. He and Mike Fury do meth all the time. He's like five eight and like two hundred and seventy pounds of muscle. He's like the muscle hamster, dude. He, he's the muscle wide receiver, baby. Imagine dude, that guy trying to run a route. He he had a comment that he was so pissed off at his wide receivers for not being able to get into the right set. And I can't remember if it was in the game or practice, but that's kind of on you, bro. And why have you not developed a wide receiver yet? You know, Mooney kind of felt no Mooney fell in our laps then. Okay. Why is Ridley Ridley not developed yet? Why is Javon Wims a freaking knucklehead? Why was Anthony Miller a freaking knucklehead? You can't even babysit these dudes. Come on. Mike Miller. The Ridley and Miller, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right on with you. Now, Wims Wims has maximized his potential as a seventh round draft pick, but but Ridley and Miller both, they can be something in this league if they had some coaching. 
They they can actually be something in this league. Where's Mike Grow, dude, when you need him? He's on the Eagles, isn't he? Yeah, developing talent. Like what you see that Jalen Rager catch today? Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Did you see him last year? I Did Jalen Rager catch a ball? In practice. Dude, it was I mean he had it was like an, it was it was like an OBJ catch. Yeah, it was it was but, insane. But Joe, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your rant. But I just <laughs> I, I thought about my. I did. Theory. I hate Tabor. I'm gonna jump in with you, Joe. Uh, I'm, yeah, Fuck that motherfucker for real. No, I don't dude, know who I has been a serious problem for the Bears. That guy. I think. I think. Like we've said this. I think the Bears brought in Daz Newsom to be their punt returner. He still hasn't been really healthy enough to play, but I think he makes the roster just as a fucking punt returner. To be honest with you, and they're gonna make him like a fifth or sixth wide receiver. Yeah, probably, and. If Tariq Cohen ever gets healthy, I they're probably going to put him back there most of the time. You know, they think he's Darren Sproles, and he is when healthy, but that his his knee injury is still concerning that he has not practiced yet and is still, you know, limping around. I'm wondering if he doesn't start on the pup and we don't see him till week seven, which would suck. But, I mean, thank God we have, you know, some other guys to fill that void for now. But – you don't i mean maybe uh, hopefully herbert wasn't kick returning kicks because they don't want to get him hurt i don't know he returned one he returned one kick well there you go did he catch it luke yeah he didn't get very many yards though but, uh, i don't care catch it first because i really do not care if you muffle you know, and the other team who gets was it, it who was it that muffed, you know over. do you know who it was that muffed the punt Oh, hold on. I'll find it. <laughs> because they need to be cut. I knew as soon as I said, did he catch it, Joe would be right. on another level. <laughs> well, speaking of cuts, the Bears had to trim their ro- – they had to cut three guys, right? Three guys today, or they cut only two? Well, we can talk about all the cuts, and we'll just end with the final two, three, I think, because it was – They cut one the other day. It wasn't today. They cut two guys today. One was right, Ladarius Mack. The other one was and, Michael. Uh, jo- no, they cut three because they cut Joseph, uh, Mac, and Joseph. Hardy, Mac. I think today. Michael Joseph. I think he was today, unless that was. He was the other one. That's right. They cut. They cut Hardy early. Actually, now that I think about it, early um, in today or early. Whatever. I think it was well, early today because from- you text you texted me about him this morning. Remember, and I said, "Oh, he yeah, got cut." Yeah, yeah, that was that was. A- <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah justin hardy that's a that's a good addition oh he was cut uh like i said that uh that rodney adams he was really showing out uh so far the bears have cut down db deontay ruffin uh wide receiver jester way o-lineman gabe Servenka, uh wide receiver justin hardy who we just touched on and then db michael joseph and Khalil Mack's little brother Ladarius, uh, who you know might have it might have been early for him. I mean, he's he's somebody to have on the roster, but when you have guys like Charles Snowden and Sam Kamara doing doing good things against the Dolphins, then Mack is just uh, just Khalil's little brother. The one yeah, I'm a little uh, my my two victims here are Jordan Lucas. And I'm sorry, Luke, but John V. Johnson. They're my two muff punters. My two Dude, muff I never punter said punter. I never said John V. Johnson was this exceptional punt returner, man. I just said well, Justin Fields. 
Jordan Lucas's roster spot is in is in grave danger. Cut both of their asses. Well, he's I mean, there's a lot of depth. safeties. Yeah, but there's a lot of good safety depth on this team. Or 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 sorry, Jordan Lucas and level safety, safety for depth. Fault for false start and not being able to hold his water. Like, you, you, what is he? A fourth year player by now? Yeah, so I mean, it's still honestly, early. That's something no, else I heard to touch early. on. The Bears, like, this has been a theme under Matt Nagy the past years where the Bears take stupid-ass false start penalties at the worst effing times. Like, Justin Fields just came in the goddamn game, and you're fucking jumping off sides? Like, that is unacceptable. It's like, I mean, the other 10 guys not, were more excited listen, than Justin you can was. Say, you can say, oh, Justin Fields messed up the counts. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're at wide receiver, you're not listening to the count. You're supposed to watch the damn ball like a fucking D lineman. So, Yvonne Wims, dude, he, they, he is so Maggie, bad. Maggie said that they would have called it on Fields if they didn't call it on, oh, who, wait, what they, who did they call it on? Like, he didn't even know. Wims is so gone. I mean, if Nagy's forgotten his name already, <laughs> dude's out of here. Give me, he keeps give me. coming back, though, dude. He's like a freaking spotted lantern fly. He's just always Yeah, but like you said, Newsom. So, I mean, let's run it down. A-Rob, Mooney, Goodwin, uh, Demir Bird. Uh, I think it's going to be Newsom and Ridley. That's my six. How do you – I don't know. I don't know. Because you can practice squad Adams or Johnson. I mean, there's nobody's going to pick those dudes up. I don't know. I just, I I don't know. Ridley's in the same boat as Wimsme. It's just like he hasn't done anything in a few years. And I feel like. I mean, you're not wrong, but he's, he hasn't had the, the problem is that why hasn't he had the opportunity? That's been my question for you know his entire career is like what is he not doing in practice to not give himself the opportunity but at the same time you have Nagy using Rashad Coward on the O-line and not executing the to his player strengths on the field and not using matchups so maybe it's not on Ridley and he just needs that chance so I, I don't know I, I don't put him in the whims boat only because whims is a knucklehead Hopefully Ridley gets his shot. If not, then you know he had has his his time in the league to make his impression, and maybe it's just time for you know somebody else. Who's your yeah, last I one? Then I mean, do you agree with the first five, Luke? Yeah, and honestly, they might have room for another if if whatever Newsom's going through, if it's more serious, they could put him. They could stash him on the injury list and and add another receiver. But um, I just, for me, Ridley's on the fence. I don't know. It, Cause you see the bears going toward this trend of fast guys. I mean, Johnson, Adams, Lacey, they're all, they're all burners, man. So if the bears really just want pure four, four speed outside of Allen Robinson, um, you know, at wide receiver, well then really might be out. I, I don't know. So it really fair. just, that's it fair. depends if that's what Nagy wants, which I, I really can't tell you, but I mean, I, and uh, I, I I can't remember how much, you know, out of your fifth and sixth wide receivers, we already talked about Newsom probably being the punt returner, but you need that sixth wide receiver to also play special teams. So, you know, does – I don't remember if Ridley's really played a lot of special teams. I feel like he hasn't, especially compared to like a Wims. But do Adams or Lacey or Johnson bring that special teams element is, is going to be what makes that sixth wide receiver probably. Joe. You pointed out 
special teams, not your favorite. Talk about the offense a little bit. Hit on the defense. I mean, what what are we missing here? Is there anyone in this game? I added my notes here from from the weekend because about midway through the game, I thought I should be taking notes here. Uh... Well, while you're looking at those, I mean, I just I just want to reiterate the O line did not play very well, but they did not give up a sack. I mean, I I don't know if Chris, did you see some of the highlights? Like the tackles are beat, and Fields just made a play and. It's so patchwork, bro. I mean, this offensive line. Sure, I mean, they don't even have half the Dan, starters. Yeah, That's Daniels is hurt. It's hard to tell if they're good or bad yeah, because they're I mean, halfway in and out. And that's the shitty thing too is we can't get any kind of. I mean, even let's okay. Peters comes, you know, he's got like a week or two. Uh, Borum and Afedi get back. They've got like a week or two. Uh, then you got Daniels, who could come back this week. He's got a week or two. We need some gel time here, boys. I mean, if it, oh, offensive line, it, I can't remember who said it, but uh, I want to see him playing like a, a five-fisted punch and not five individual fingers. You know what I'm saying? So we need some gel time. We need these guys to play together. And and with this patchwork BS, I'm surprised we didn't see a sack at all. That's what happens when you have a mobile and, quarterback. And field, dude, did you see the stat? Fields had the most time to throw this week out of any quarterback in the pocket. It was like well over three seconds, which is absolutely insane because if you watch the line, they were terrible. It's so good, though. They're so good against these grocery baggers. <laughs> well, my Chuck, point is, you, I mean, you're I, talking about. you know, at, ever since the Bears drafted Fields, PFS has been on this Bears kick where they just absolutely love the Bears now. And the uh, – yeah, I mean, the one guy. Screw those uh, guys. Such PFF Twilight Sam, Zone, bro. PFF Sam was saying that uh, Fields' numbers in the pockets almost skew like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And, and by that, he meant just like the way they navigate the pocket. Like those guys, Russell Wilson has had some terrible, terrible offensive lines, but it's Whoa. the same thing, man. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, oh, I'm just so goddamn excited. It is hard not to be. And I don't like to beat the dead horse here, but I really do think, I think if both QBs are pretty even this week in camp, if Fields turns it on Saturday and outperforms Andy again, and he's like the star of the show again on Saturday, I think going into week three, this is going to be an open competition. And Nagy kind of, he's, he's leaving the door cracked. He's, he's given Andy every chance to take the job and he's never completely shut that door. So let me have your two votes on this. Uh, 11 days from now, the Bears are playing uh, in Nashville. And your boy has been contemplating driving up from Tuscaloosa to see him in Nashville. I know it's the third preseason game. How far like, of a drive is it? Five. Uh, I think it's – no, I think it's five hours. It might be – it's under. Uh, but it, but uh, for the third preseason game – would you go see, you know, take the chance on seeing the Bears, or are we going to see a bunch of scrubs and a bunch of, like, uh, last end of the roster guys? I don't think you can Do afford it. that this year. I don't think the, I don't I think drive you up. can afford that, man, in the third preseason because there's only three. So. Sure. Uh, it's a tough call. All I, right. We might have a, have, have, a, have a correspondent report in a couple of weeks. I might, yeah. I might be happy. Yeah. So, ta- I mean, I think – Luke, you hit it like you can't afford as a, a team to not play players that are, you know, roster bubble guys and 
not that fields is a roster bubble guy, but he he's going to need those snaps and you're going to need to see, you know, some of those other guys out there. What do you do, you know, to get both Dalton more reps, period, more snaps, period, and the ones more snaps, period, but also get fields snaps with the ones against live action. I mean, do you give Andy two series and then give Justin two series and leave your wide receiver one, group in there or your your you know your skill position players in there or how are you how are you coaching that Lou? i mean i was just thinking about this so this week i would approach it as andy's the starter and i would give him the reps of the ones in the preseason game for however many series is you know whether it's four or five or however long he plays them a quarter quarter and a half and then i would let justin come in like he did last week with his group of guys and evaluate the whole body of work i mean if andy dalton goes out there and he's just you know, if Fields out plays him again, then I think you need to go into week three where they alternate series. And Ooh, that's to, a good idea. So I'm thinking Nagy needs to evaluate this week of work just like he's been doing. And if Fields does it again in live action, then I think it's time to open up that last week of practice and, and have a true, you know, QB off. I Personally, I even if Fields is behind, you know, not that he's not a smart guy, but obviously hard, you know, if Dolan is ahead of him mentally for being in the league for 10 years and just, you know, has a has a better grasp of offenses and, and that type of thing. Even if Fields, Lewis Riddick said this today. He said, and he's pretty close with Matt Nagy, so you can take this however you want. He said that Nagy told him that it's basically a matter of when Fields is able to play safely, as in, you know, adjust to the right protections and shit like that on the line, so he's not going to get killed at the NFL level, that will pretty much be the time that he's going to be ready to play. That's what Lewis Riddick said today or yesterday. Um, on so I, I thought it was interesting. No, that's that's a great. I wanted to. I saw that clip but i didn't get a chance to actually listen to what Riddick had to say. So I'm gonna go back and check that out. But that I mean. You know, being able to call out protections on an NFL level is a big deal. And a lot of NFL teams, you know, have a center that can, you know, help out with that. And having second year Sam Mustafer isn't necessarily the best, uh, you know, kind of guy to do that necessarily. And maybe, maybe he is, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I mean, he went to Notre Dame, so he's got to be a smart dude. But, once fields gets that those protections and those call outs and the slides down and everything like that, it's over. This, this kid's going to light the league on fire. Yeah. I mean, Joe, what do you, I mean, I thought that quote was interesting, but you know, I, I want to just hear what you think from the mental aspect, even if you think Dalton has, you know, a leg up because he's been in the league so long and maybe he understands the playbook better. Do you think it's still the right move to go to fields early? I mean, I, me personally, I think his athleticism just makes up for it alone. Okay, yes. My my, my selfish nature, I, I really have been doing a, a lot of contrasting to 2017 in the last six months, in the last four or five months, since we've drafted uh, Justin Fields. And I want to see Justin Fields. I wanted to see Mitchell Trubisky. I, I you know, I, I, I was the, the guy like, put him in there. Let's see what he's got. You know, like, I want to see that. And honestly, you know, between the three of us and who, whoever's listening, I, I, I think Justin Fields probably gives us the best chance to win any single game right now the, the, with the state of the offensive line. 
do I think that's the best thing for his development? That's where I that's where I get uh, a little bit uh, a little bit convoluted and a, a, a little bit you know confused. I don't know if it's the best thing for his development. Well, let me ask you this: um, Do you think that because the Bears played Trubisky, you know, versus the Vikings, they started him that week? Did that you know did that ruin Mitch in your opinion? Do you think that that was detrimental? No, I think that Vikings week was actually really strong. I remember not, not, not just the Vikings week. I just putting him in there that early was that detrimental to his career. Do you think Mitch Trubisky's any better now today if if that didn't happen and say he sat that full year? No, I now guess he's, he's probably right. I guess I, I guess he's pro- he's probably still the same like kind of quarterback. I mean. So, do you think? Now let me follow that up. Do you think guys either have it or they don't? Or, or to me, all right. Let me just add my two cents before you guys answer that. Sure. To me, you know, I see guys first. My first question is, where do they go to school and what competition did they play? Right. So a guy like Zach Wilson and a guy like Trey Lance are playing, you know, lower D one schools and you know D one AA schools and guys who only have one year of success where they have one really good year and one bad year or whatever. Those are all kind of red flags to me in college, like where I'm like, okay, maybe this guy needs development, which I think is totally fair for some guys. For Justin Fields, I mean, he's done it basically at every level and at multiple years. That's my thing is just I I think he has more experience coming out of college than a lot of other guys, and especially Mitch. He has more, way more experience than Mitch did. I mean, do you think that plays you know, a bigger factor in him being NFL ready now or – what do you guys think? It definitely plays a bigger factor in him being ready, especially at Ohio State, and especially with the multiple years, like you said. I mean, he's a Power 5 school. He played in the playoffs. He beat the breaks off of Clemson. As far as level of competition goes, in regards to Mitch Trubisky, he had level of competition. I mean, he played Clemson, and I think he did pretty well against him, if I remember correctly. But for Mitch, it was the lack of experience. It was the lack of college starts. And you couldn't beat out – what's dude's name that started over Mitch for two years? Like, come on, man, Williams or whatever. To be like, fair, Justin, Justin Fields didn't beat out Jake Fromm. Just because Georgia doesn't know what the fuck they're doing doesn't mean it's the same situation. That's a Kirby bro. Smart problem. Yeah, that, that's, that's a Kirby. I'm not so smart problem. No. He sent away uh-huh. Jacob Eason as well, and and we're seeing where the three of them are stacking up uh, in the NFL currently. Jake from State from no. The back back to fields. You know, it it, it matters. I mean that that experience matters. And whether or not playing Dalton, you know, impedes his development, I don't think it impedes it. I think it gives it gives Justin a little bit more time to kind of acclimate, and that's all well and good. The other thing it does is allows this O-line to gel a little bit. Uh, we didn't, you know, where Dalton kind of shines as far as his, you know, pocket presence or whatnot is, is your – you're Kurt Warner, you're get the ball out as fast as possible kind of kind of mentality. And, you know, I didn't see any of the game, so I don't know if he was even able to do that. So I, I, I want to see fields as soon as possible, but I also want a little bit of this O-line to gel and, and have that protection base set up. But other than that, I, I ain't worried about the kid. His mechanics are 
fine. The couple throws off his back foot. It is what it is. It happens to it happens to all of them. I've seen Rogers do it a shit ton of times, but he's 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 going to be ready. And it is it is kind of funny. I mean, just just watching him, you do notice that he is that baseball thrower. He kind of just he cocks back before he throws. Um, it, it's not really a big deal. I, Russell Wilson does something similar as well with the ball, but it's definitely definitely unique watching him uh, throw like that. But uh, Joe, I want you to, I mean, we've been talking about this for years, buddy. We've been saying this, you know, get us some big, nasty, mean fucking lineman. And is there a better guy to Melly. epitomize that than the bodyguard himself, Jason Peters? Jason right. Peters looks like he doesn't take a shower. And I love it. I love it. You belong on my team. mean, dude. I'm pretty sure he got into it with some of our guys in that playoff game. I hope you have like bacteria growing from your underarms. Just like, oh yes, I, you know, if you can give me a couple weeks, I don't know. I don't know what we're, we're gonna get out of Justin Peters. You know, if or Jason Peters, if you if you if you're gonna get a whole season, oh my God, what a blessing that would be. Uh, but been pretty injury prone over the last couple seasons. What are we gonna get? Six weeks? Eight weeks? Ten? Hopefully all all eighteen, but I, I mean I think it's a good signing. We were talking last week about uh, about the offensive line and how many holes there has been. Uh, you know, I think you could do worse than Jason Peters. He's got a long career and a Dude, long. He's the best tackle on our roster, which is exactly. kind of sad, but he is right now. He is. Yeah, uh, so I'm happy with it, and I'm just hopeful that he remains healthy. Yeah, I mean, Chris, what do you do? You think? Uh... One, I mean, do you think Tevin Jenkins is hurt worse than the Bears are putting on with this signing? And two, you know, how big is it to have a guy like Jason Peters mentor some of these young guys on the line? It's uh, it's definitely a concern. I uh, he was spotted at practice today. Walking Jason Peters backwards. was or Tevin Jenkins? Jenkins was walking backwards up a hill to fetch a pail of water, perhaps. Jenkins uh, and broke his crown. <laughs> so, one, I used to be in medical device and in the spine uh, sector specifically, and you don't want to mess around with anything to do with that. It could, it could be, it could be a lot of things. There's a lot of things going on back there in the in the lower back and. I hope he doesn't need any surgery because uh, it will li- really limit his his range of motion and everything like that. So I'm hoping it's nothing like a cracked vertebrae or or anything like that. Uh, some of the you know Twitter doctors uh, you know speculating on what it could be, but I am extremely happy to have a veteran leader like Jason Peters in that O line room. Because when he speaks, these kids are going to listen and they're going to learn a lot from him. So I'm beyond excited for the signing only for the experience as far as, you know, he's only three years younger than I am. And that's kind of scary. I mean, he's 39 years old. He has, you know, had some injuries over the past few years. But Matt Nagy said, you know, his 2020 tape looked pretty solid and that he's still got some game left in him. So that makes me feel like he can bridge the gap at least to Tevin Jenkins and give a Fetty and Borum time to, to 
kind of get their feet set and ready. And by the time we hit week five or six, we have our O-line gelled and, and Justin starting and all is on the up and up. What do you think about Jason Peters, Luke? I mean, I, I've always liked the guy, you know, living in Philly. I got to watch him a lot. Uh, you guys are right. I mean, he's been injury prone. Think about Jason Peters. though is weird. Like he gets hurt, but he did never, they never shut him down. Like he just, he's hurt and he has an injury that's supposed to like put him out for the year or put him down for a few weeks. And he's back within a few plays or like the next week or some crazy shit. Like the guy just, he's very, he's very resilient. Whenever he gets hurt, he's back you know he's back but he's always like you'll see him in game he gets subbed out a ton like he gets these little injuries and he's out and then he comes like limping back on the field and he's really good when he plays but it's you guys will see you'll see exactly what i'm talking about you'll see him in there and then be like where'd jason peters go oh he's on the sideline getting treatment shocker and then and then i'll be back in there fucking dominating someone Oh, sorry. We got elijah wilkinson for those those sub-ins because you know he's has 26 starts under his belt can't wait. I know you're excited for Elijah Wilkinson guy. No. I'm not yes, excited for that line. I am Don't be excited. mad. I'm excited for Larry Borum. I hope his concussion isn't anything more than just I don't know, some extended issue. I don't uh, how the hell do you even get a concussion before you start hitting? Was he blocking uh, the sled too hard? He Did fell. You- you have your head hit something harder than the helmet, like the ground or another. Yeah, but it's not even like he was being tackled. He was blocking a sled. That's when he got the, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have any, and I don't have any, is is that what your sources tell you, Luke? Is he was blocking the sled when he got hurt? I'm just putting two and two together. I mean, I've seen it happen before. I just don't understand it. (laughs) Well, do we have, you know, like I said, we could see Borum back soon. We could see Effetti back soon. We could see Daniels back soon. You get those three guys back to go with Whitehair, Mustafer, and Jason Peters, and and you got you have you have five starters. I mean, you know who PFF had as the Bears' highest graded blocker this week? Rashad Coward. Chris Williams. Alex Bars. Mr. Bars. Fan favorite. We love Alex Bars. He keeps sticking around. He's actually he's he's not a bad rotational guy. I mean, he can play all, no. all he can play all positions, and he better he's than fucking Rashad Cowart has ever been as a backup rotational fellow. Go Irish. We're stacking up on the Irish, baby. Well, it was Harry He Stand or High Stand or whatever, and then he got let go. And honestly, Castillo might be better. I mean, once. You know, Castillo was here for half a season. He was able to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons. That line was patchwork last year. I mean, you had undrafted guys and Jermaine Effetti and Cody Whitehair and Charmin Soft Charles Leno as your O-line, and they did okay in the run game. I mean, once we kind of move to that Bill Lazor offense, which you're going to see more and more of this year, then, you know, I think our O-line can be, can be successful and moving pockets and having a mobile quarterback will make, will make for a very efficient offense. It'll be fine. Glass half full. 
let's fucking roll bear down no i i, I agree I, again back to the point that we all been saying you know starting fields it alleviates a lot of pressure on that o-line they don't have to be great they have to be serviceable but you know when when the defense is so worried about a guy running out of the pocket man it just opens up so much for the whole team so got to do it sooner than later but this is uh this is in fact the week um i mean so just want to touch on this quickly. Uh, we're about an hour in here, so I'll probably wrap up soon. Uh, so Nick Foles comes in the game this week. His ass gets booed. What happens when Mitch returns to Soldier Field? Do the majority oh, of the fans welcome him back? Do they clap for him, or is his ass getting booed? He also he didn't even play for the Bills last week, and I don't know why. But yeah, he did. He went like one one for two and threw one into the ground or whatever. So yeah, is he the starter? He doesn't take a reps in the preseason. Like what, why were they not playing? How fuck should I know? I didn't even get to watch the bears game, buddy. I was driving 47 hours from another. Two states hours. It wasn't that long. You're, oh, and back to your drive. Your drive is only three hours and 40 minutes. So I expect a live show. All right, from. Well, well, what, what do you guys One think? Tennessee Titan drive. Does Trubisky get booed next week? Oh, Hell yeah. After opening his stupid mouth, they're going to destroy this dude. You think so? I sure. I hope they kill him. Uh, what is on your What is on your shirt, Joe? What does that say? Motherfucker. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> it's not visual medium. Tell me. <laughs> Joe Gaither is wearing the Mitchell Trubisky QB1 jersey where he's wearing the head. Oh, my God. That, I thought I saw I saw Mitchell, and I'm like, wait a minute. And is I this what we're really talking about? Ass. I hope they boo his ass so fucking hard. I supported you. I supported you for four years, and you gave me nothing. And you're like, eh, it would have been nice to have been wanted. You bastard. I wanted you so fucking bad to be good. You got you best. I, I hope we they boo did, him man. mercilessly, did. mercilessly, until he's crying on the sidelines. He probably won't even get snaps because he's like, "Listen, coach, they're gonna boo me. I, I can't handle it." Boo him anyways. I don't I, care. I he's in the building. Boo him anyways. I really don't know if they're gonna boo him. I want them to, but I don't know. Why well, wouldn't you know they? that you know they're gonna boo him? How would they not boo him? He, he went out and pissed. He all got booed. He got booed when he was an actual bear, and then he wants to open his mouth and talk shit. He wanted. There are not enough truthers in that stadium. There might be. <laughs> there, no, they can't. Not. No truthers can't afford tickets like that. They're gonna get. He's gonna get booed. He's gonna get big booed. I hope it's mercilessly. I, I I really hope it's something that's like, oh my god, the the Chicago fan base booed the Bills. I hope it's all game long. The Whether Austin Bills, ball cap or helmet, I don't care. Like three weeks ago, I used to be like, ah, whatever, wish him luck, great job. You know, you sucked, but four years of my life that I loved you. Maybe I'm jilted lover over here, but I'm. I hope they boo his ass into oblivion. <laughs> That's what he sounded like was a jilted lover. You know, I wish she, I wish, I wish she wanted me the way I wanted her. Poor Hillary, man. She's going to see a real man on Saturday. She's going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I married you, bro. You're right. She's going to see Josh Allen. 
<laughs> she already sees Josh Allen on the side. Big country. <laughs> oh God, who was saying she had the worst laugh on the planet? Either way. I got, well, let's ready? got one more thing before we round it, round it up. Real quick. All right. Yesterday, or no, this morning, excuse me, this morning, apparently our man, Akeem Hicks, got pulled out of practice, and Matt Nagy spent several minutes over with some trainers and on some phone, you know, on the phone, and we don't really know what that's about, but we're a podcast, so reckless speculation is right here. Uh, Luke, what do you think's going on with old Akeem Hicks? I want to say he got sick. Uh, it sounded like now someone put a report on Twitter and of course this is on Twitter and they said these are unrelated events, but they happen sequentially. So Akeem Hicks gets pulled off the field by the trainers. The trainers then have a Andre Tucker, the head trainer has a, has a lively discussion with Matt Nagy. I guess you know, Nagy might be, you know, shaking his head and waving his arms and being real animated about it. And then after that, Nagy pulls out his, uh, his cell phone and is on the phone for a few minutes with someone, uh, again, kind of animated about the whole situation. So um, I'm guessing maybe some kind of contract uh, contact tracing. They're being cautious with Hicks and pulling him out of practice because he's sick. Uh, that is just my speculation, um, and that's kind of what I thought when I heard this. Chris, what is up with the clean Hicks? What do you think? I think uh... – Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, called down to Nagy and was like, give him an extension to pull him the fuck out of practice. No, I think you're probably right. It's probably COVID. Stupid COVID. Joe. I mean, COVID is brutal. And uh, we hope that Akeem Hicks is, abs- is healthy and with our Chicago Bears as we move into the 2021 season. Is that going to be it for us, guys? Luke, that was a great recap of the uh, of the events of the animation too. Uh, one last thing about animation: Matt Nagy apparently said this was the worst day for the offense and had lots of expletives to say it's a shit show, a total shit show. I believe was the quote I read. I hope okay. he keeps that attitude with the team. Yeah, let's. let's I let's don't think I don't think Coach is cursed, dude. Yeah, no, Mike Fury's definitely over there. With his choir boy attitude, I know he goes to church and whatnot, but he was also kicked off of Twitter or told to get off of Twitter by by the Bears. So, I think he cusses a lot. <laughs> All right, we ready, Joe? Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way we thrilled the nation with your T-formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down, bear down. Yeah. That was much better today, gentlemen.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.